we don't know results on election night. Then, you know, you expect to be here for orientation for a week. You expect to have leadership elections. You expect to kind of get to know a lot of your colleagues. And that just kind of didn't happen this year. And everything was pushed back a week until we knew who was going to be part of our caucus, who was going to be in the majority. And we still don't know. We might have to do all this again in a couple months. By the way, did you know what is actually supposed to happen in December? Welcome back to, by the way, did you know, and it's been a little while since we've recorded a podcast. There's been a lot of exciting things going on in the world, but we're back in the saddle here and back recording. And as we head into the new year, and we head into a new session. We're going to continue to have these podcasts and continue to put them out. We've heard a lot of feedback from folks, but we're going to also try to keep them a little more current and not quite rebrand, but, but look at some new topics and look at some things that are in the news, but also give a different perspective on them and kind of give the behind the scenes. So again, staying true to what the podcast is, is educating folks about what happens in Harrisburg that you don't hear about in the news. But some of it might you might actually hear a little bit about in the news, but not the whole story. So today, it's Christmas time in the Capitol. It's the holidays are right around the, the corner. And there's a lot that actually happens in December in the Capitol. And I'm sure we've seen a lot of news articles about some of the antics that are happening with some of our colleagues uh, on the other side uh, this time of year. But but there's also a fun time at the Capitol, and it, there's a new kind of rebirth where we have a lot of new members coming in. And today, with me, I have one of those new members, a really good friend of mine, somebody who I've known for a long time, another young legislator that that's uh, got elected here in November. And I'm really excited to have Thomas Kutz here, who is representing Cumberland County with me. He took over some of my district, but we're happy to have him here in, in, in the State House. So, Thomas, welcome. Thanks for having me, Torin. Good to be on the podcast. So, Thomas, what is your district number again? The district I represent is the 87th district, Central Cumberland County, Mechanicsburg area, down to Boiling Springs. Yeah, so really, really great neck of the woods. And, and you know, like I said, some of the areas that we represent, the Boiling Springs area is now part of Thomas's uh, district. So that part of the, the state is in good hands and, and really excited to have him on board. So, Thomas, you get elected on November 8th. And... You're expecting to, to come into the House, and you're thinking we're going to be in the majority, you're going to pass legislation, and bam, we realize we have a 102, 101, 101, 100 kind of scenario here. So what is so from your perspective, you know, what's the initial reaction? Chaotic, I think, is the word that describes the month of November. And December 1, we take office as new members, and... Our staff start on December 1, and our district offices can open December 1. But November itself was an absolute whirlwind. We don't know results on election night, and we come in for orientation in the Capitol, and we still don't know the results of two races. So it was a crazy November, refreshing several different Twitter feeds, trying to find which uncounted machine Mm -hmm. in Bucks County would be counted and eventually led to Joe Hogan's election. Um, and then we, we watched patiently for the last race as well. And I was in the Capitol when we had those results. And then, you know, you expect to be here for orientation for a week. You expect to have leadership elections. You expect to kind of get to know a lot of your colleagues and a lot of the freshman colleagues. And that just kind of didn't happen this year. And everything was pushed back a week for us to do leadership elections until we knew who was going to be part of our caucus and who was going to be in the majority. And we still don't know. And we have three vacancies now that 
you know, the voters are going to get to decide who represents uh, those those seats. And we might have to do all this again in a couple months. Yeah. So just as background here for, for folks that haven't been following on, it's been kind of a moving target. But, you know, election night, after all the ballots were officially counted, there were 102 Democrat seats elected and 101 uh, Republican seats. The problem is, is that Representative Tony DeLuca was one of the Democrats that was elected. He unfortunately passed a few weeks before the election, couldn't be taken off the ballot. So he was elected on election day, but obviously he had passed. He can't be sat as a new member. So immediately we're back to 101, 101. So as you can imagine, there's a reason why we have odd numbers in politics. Uh, it's how you break ties. But when you don't have an odd number, and you have a, a deadlock 101-101, then the, the question is, who is the majority party? And when does that happen? So the House Democrats declared victory even before all the ballots were counted uh, in front of the Independence Hall, which was a little premature because ultimately some of the seats I think they thought they had won, they, they didn't. But in any event, uh, the number uh, shortly after the election was 101-101. Unfortunately, uh, Leader McClinton declared herself the acting speaker, accepted resignations from two of her members, uh, announcing some writs for some of these special elections that need to happen. One, Austin Davis, who will be our lieutenant governor, and another, Representative Summer Lee, who is now uh, going to be a congresswoman in, in D.C. because she ran for both offices. But in any event, this is the background of kind of why there's a lot of chaos right now. And so as it stands, as we sit here recording this today, uh, which, again, is a moving target, there are 101 Republicans and 99 Democrats. Simple math problem. Thomas, what's the math there? Republicans are in the majority by two seats, I think, Torin, if my math's correct. So so herein lies the issue, right? You know, it, we, we, we're, we're in the middle of December when people like Thomas and new members on both sides of the aisle are supposed to be getting educated, setting up their district offices. We all had redistricting this year. We all have... Uh, a lot of things to do. We, uh, you know, I have to open up an office in Shippensburg. Uh, a lot of members, their districts have changed dramatically that they have to, to, to get their districts up and running so that come January uh, 3rd, when we actually do get sworn in, we can be helping the people of Pennsylvania and we have our districts, districts set up and we're ready to go. Unfortunately, some of the chaos in Harrisburg has gotten in, in the way of that and, and clouded a little bit what is actually supposed to happen in December. So, Thomas, you know, you've had some orientation. You had worked over in the Senate. So you have a little bit of background on this. But from your perspective, like, what has this been like for you uh, over, you know, over the course of the few months now that you are a, a member elect to the House? I think it's been incredibly frustrating for myself, for staff members around the Capitol, and I think for constituents who just want to know what's going on. And for us, my district, the 87th district in Cumberland County, was part of five former House districts, and each of those incumbents ran for either the same office or uh, the 87th district incumbent, Greg Rothman, was elected to the state Senate. And so constituents don't know who's going to be in what office. And as we're trying to get set up, the chaos kind of makes things a little bit more difficult. We don't know staff members who are able to help us. We don't know offices, so we can get that information to constituents, which ultimately delays us in being able to get to work for the people of Pennsylvania. So I think it's it's just created a lot of confusion. And hopefully come January 3rd, when we're all sworn in, we can be ready to work for our constituents. And look, uh, Representative McClinton may someday be the Speaker of the House. But as it stands right now, 
the numbers and the elected folks that are can be sat on swearing in day will be 101 Republicans to 99 Democrats. That's a majority. And what happens between now and February 7th when one of the special elections are or or the other when other special elections get uh, announced, inevitably there's uh, going to be more retirements and resignations for folks that are currently in the House with people running for different offices on both sides of the aisle. This is going to be a moving target here in the next two years because of the, the moving, when I say moving target, really a moving number uh, as far as how many members are on each side of the aisle that we need to be able to work together now, not just take the lead and, and just, you know, declare ourselves acting speaker of the House and, and just when, when they're, that's just not the position we're in. I mean, right after the election, we were at 101 to 101 members. There is an opportunity there for both parties to come to the table and sit down. I think Republicans were willing to do that. And instead of Democrats coming to the table and sit down, their leader went out, declared herself the majority leader, immediately accepted two resignations, thereby putting them squarely in the minority, and then issuing two writs of special election on her own accord in a closed-door ceremony that the press wasn't even invited to. Look, we have a Democratic governor-elect, we have a Republican-controlled state Senate, and the state house is up in the air. There is going to have to be conversations by both sides here. And I think our leader, Brian Cutler, was willing to have those conversations. The Democrats just kind of threw out the playbook and said, we're going to do it our way. The time between December and January 3rd has really worked well for the last 200 some years when we've been a body. So to change that and to, to, for folks to just declare themselves the acting speaker or acting majority leader or whatever the case may be, is just really, I think, a dangerous precedent to set. Look, I think January 3rd is going to be a chaotic day here. Uh, the numbers, again, are 101 to 99. That's what they are as we sit here today. So theoretically, there should be no reason why uh, Republicans can't elect a speaker. Ultimately, you need a majority of members present to elect a speaker. So inevitably, someone could not show up or there could be all kinds of crazy things that happen. So stay tuned on January 3rd. It'll be a, 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 an interesting day, a, a definitely a case study of Pennsylvania politics as to how we elect a speaker and then elect rules and kind of some of the things that, that happen between December and swearing-in day. So aside from that, this is a fun time of year at the Capitol. And, and for not everything is political here. And the Capitol is a great place to be for Christmas time. Uh, Thomas, you've been around the Capitol a little while, but it's also a beautiful place. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, absolutely. I think, hands down, we have the one of the most beautiful state capitals in the country and something we should be very proud of. Yeah, I think Teddy Roosevelt called it the most handsomest building when he uh, visited here and when this Capitol was opened. And especially this time of year, they bring in a Christmas tree for the rotunda, and they bring in another tree for outside in front of the Capitol and decorate it with handmade ornaments from the elderly and from some pre-K students. And it's beautiful, and we have a nice ceremony, sing some carols, and really enjoy a bipartisan time of Christmas spirit. Yeah, and, and the tree is from Carbon County. It's Douglas fir. Uh, for those that are their Christmas tree aficionados, I, I'm a Douglas fir fan. Get my Christmas tree at Showers and Aspers. Uh, but it came from the Crystal Spring Tree Farm in Carbon County. So uh, that's uh, the land of Doyle Heffley, Representative Doyle Heffley. And it was lit on December 5th, and it has 900 LED lights 
because that's what we do now, right? The LED lights. And, and as Thomas said, all of the ornaments were decorated uh, by pre-K students or senior centers. So pretty cool. And they're from all over the state. So it's all handmade ornaments. And so, so it's a pretty cool thing. And look, the, the capital is beautiful, beautiful around Christmas. If you have some time to, to stop by, even if you can't stop by this year, I really, really, really recommend it. It's, it's, such, it's such a great place to come any time of year. But to see the tree... Inevitably, there's some uh, school group here singing Christmas carols. I know uh, Bermudian Springs comes up usually. Fortunately, it snowed last week, so they couldn't come. Thomas, I'm sure you'll have some students singing in the Capitol at some point. Absolutely, and it is really something. We're here on a non-session day, and people are welcome to come in and out of the Capitol as they wish. And as we're walking down to do this podcast, there is a school group in the Capitol just singing some beautiful carols, and the sound really resonates all through the Capitol. So this is the time for New Year's resolutions and a, a, a beginning, a new beginning of a new year, a new session, uh, a new time at the Capitol. So Thomas, you're coming in. You're a new member. You've getting set up. You know what are you looking forward to? What is your uh, Pennsylvania State Representative New Year's resolution? Well, Torn, I think the greatest part about our job and what we get to do every day is go meet people in our districts and hear about the issues that matter to them and go to Harrisburg and advocate for them and fight for them. When you step onto the House floor and you have the ability to stand up and make an argument that's going to help people in your district, it's an awesome responsibility. And I think it's something every member of this body should cherish and should take seriously. And it will be an honor to do that for the residents of Cumberland County come January 3rd. Yeah, Thomas, I think you very well said. I, I don't think I could come up with a better resolution myself. You know, with a new district myself, I have a lot of new folks that I got to meet over in the Shippensburg area. Uh, I know one of our goals is to, to be in Shippensburg a ton because we need to meet those folks. We need to know what the issues are important to them. And, and in a year where there's going to be some divided government, there's going to be a new governor. It's a new time for us to kind of approach some new issues and address some old issues and hopefully get some of those things resolved here as we head into the new year. So, Thomas, this is your first inaugural run on, by the way, did you know? I think we'll, ha- we'll, we'll hear from Thomas a bunch here in the future. Maybe Thomas will have his own, uh, his own podcast coming up at some point. But uh, thanks for joining, and, uh, you know, we'll see what happens January 3rd, and we're, we're looking forward to having you. Thanks, Torn. We'll see you next time. As we sign off here, I hope everybody has a wonderful holiday season. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. We will see you after the new year. This has been, by the way, did you know? Tune in for all of my podcasts at repecker.com slash my podcasts.